that mother sucker, we got the same mom and dad. He's six foot three, 210 pounds. I'm like, <laughs> damn. your boy DJ Omowski. I'm chilling here with Wallisi and Tony Mass via satellite. We're with a very special guest, uh, professional baseball player, Devin Travis. What's up, Dev? Hey, how y'all doing, man? Thanks for having me. How are you doing with everything going on right now in the world? Good, man. Uh, I'm, I'm bored, but yeah. else, it's, uh, it's a crazy time, something that I've never experienced. I'm sure this is something that you guys have never experienced. And uh, I just look forward to you know, putting this past us and um, I just want everybody to stay safe and stay healthy, and uh, hopefully we can push through this uh, as a whole, as a as the great uh, country of America that we uh, live in. What have you been doing to uh, to kind of keep yourself sane? I guess like have you been ca- catching up on TV shows you never watched, catching up on movies you you said you were going to see but you never saw? Yeah, man. Uh, Netflix, Netflix. I'm a part of the wave. Uh, I really don't watch much TV at all, um, but. What else do we got, right? Uh, <laughs> Ozark, baby. I recommend it. Wow. We're big Ozark fans here. Oh, Ruth is so sick. Wally <laughs> <laughs> hates Ruth, though. Actually. I hate Ruth. I got I, I to gotta say, I got to be honest with you. That's good, know. though. That's good. That means she yeah. did a good job. You know? No, exactly. Yeah, she, she runs me the wrong way. But, hey, it's, it's a sick show regardless. Yeah, I got I to gotta confess, I only watched the first season, so – Wow. So, Devin, I want to talk about your journey to the pros. There's obviously you've accomplished so much in uh, a relatively short amount of time. Um, and then we want to, uh, you know, just kind of start from the beginning, I guess. Um, you're a standout baseball player in Florida where you grew up. Um, and then you got drafted to the Detroit Tigers. And then uh, you played with the Toronto Blue Jays for a number of years. When did you start baseball? I'm sure at a young age, right? You said you were four, right? Yeah, I was four or five um, when I truly, I guess, started in a league. Um, I grew up loving baseball because uh, my aunt uh, dated a baseball player. And the Braves had spring training here in West Palm Beach. So she'd take me to all the spring training games. And you know, I'd drag my bat and put on my uniform and, um, you know, really just from a young age, my dream has always been to be a professional baseball player. And, you know, really growing up, the question always was, hey, what, Devin, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my yeah. answer was always, I want to be a baseball player. Well, what else do you want to be? And to be completely honest, now that I look back at it, I, I don't really know if there was ever another option per se. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's what I wanted to do. It's you know what my you know parents always pushed me because they knew how much I loved it and uh, thankfully it worked out where I was able to turn it into a you know a profession getting that exposure because I did see that that your aunt was connected to a baseball player and was able to kind of show you spring training games and getting that just visually seeing uh, that process do you think that kind of subconsciously allowed you to you know, uh, have an inside scoop in the process of becoming a pro where you felt like, hey, this is attainable? You know, maybe, maybe. I, I, I've never really thought about it from that, um, from that point of view, but maybe, um, you know, being able to interact with the players and, and see that they were real, you know, when you're, yeah. when you're a kid and you go to baseball games or you turn on the TV and, and you see these people on TV, they're not just people. Exactly. To you kid they're almost imaginary characters and uh being able to interact with them and give them a fist bump or hear hear them say your name or um you know be able to be in the action I guess yeah it did make it a little bit more realistic for me um but I don't know if I ever I ever trying to figure out the best way to say what I'm trying to say but I I don't know if I ever looked too far ahead in the mm-hmm. sense of baseball I always wanted I always wanted to be a professional baseball player, but that was like the goal that was waiting. And it was always like, well, what's next? Like, what do I have to do that's next? So for me, it was like my older brother was about five, six, seven years older than me. For me, I wanted to be my older brother. And he was yeah. playing nine and tens at the time when I was, you know, four or five. Um, I'd dress up in his old uniforms. I'd drag my bat to the field. I'd I'd stand behind the screen when my brother was hitting and I'd act like I was hitting with them. And um, 
that really was the process of, you know, me throughout was how can I, how can I conquer this next goal where the professional level was, that was waiting on me. That was the ultimate prize. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to keep knocking out uh, all the steps before and I kind of took it you know, one step at a time. You mentioned your brother. You, uh, so you, he's a few years old. I, my brother's five years older than me too. And that's something just like competitively always was just like something we were born with. Like I always want to be better than him. So you think that's something that drove you too? Like you said, you also have a younger brother too. So I don't know how many there are of you, but is there a competitive nature just between all you guys? Like not even just with baseball, but really comes down to anything. Is that something that's common that you guys have going on? Heck yeah. Yeah. My, uh, <laughs> my dad is tough, man. Well, okay. he's, He's a little soft now, but he was really Start, tough. Started from the top. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, competitions were, were a part of daily life, whether it was a game of Monopoly or, <laughs> or Foursquare or Tag or Hide and Seek or Street Basketball. No matter what it was, we were always told that the winner gets the prize. And, and if you didn't win, you, you, better, you better get back to the drawing board. So, uh, my older brother definitely pushed me in ways that I don't know if he uh, ever knew he's pushed me. I don't know if I've ever been able to really sit down and speak on those times. Um, but that's where it started for me was, you know, my older brother. I, I wanted, to, I wanted to, be, to be him. I wanted to be better than him. And, uh, yeah, for a bit, especially when I was younger, um, you know, that's how it all started. That was my driving force. Just staying on topic there, you have a younger brother who's he's quarterback playing quarterback at Florida State right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that's my boy right there, man. That's my boy. Uh, so if, if, if he's taking kind of the same steps you are, it could be that you are the one that's also pushing him to be in the position he's at now too. So it's kind of crazy that it goes all the way down the line like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's, that's why uh, yeah, he's probably my biggest motivation throughout my career and I know he probably doesn't know it, but I always wanted to, I always wanted to set, the st set the stage for my younger brother and, and uh, kind of let him know that I know the grind sucks and I know those two a days suck that you're going through in college. And I know dad was brutal growing up and I know that, you know, it sucks when you lose your first high school football game and it sucks that you, you got on that Florida State uniform and you're going six and seven, but damn it, I don't want to hear it. Keep pushing because part so of the process. Yep. My dad always pushed in, and instilled in me, and uh, it's what I believe makes you successful. So I hope he follows after for sure. I saw a couple of interviews that you were in, and uh, it sounds like you, were, you weren't allowed to play football when you were growing up, so, and now your brother was. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that yeah, bothers that you. Right. That ain't right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I always wanted to be a football player. My, my dad played football at Syracuse, and – and my older brother played football, and, and I loved baseball. Baseball was always number one, but football for me was just that little bit of edge that I feel like I always wanted to let out. Uh, I look at football players, and I go to football games, and I hear the music and how pumped up they get. And after a big tackle, the whole crowd goes crazy, and, and they're able to really exert all their energy and, and whatever they have built up inside of them and, and use it to their advantage. And I always wanted to had that feeling of putting on that football helmet and, and running out of the, the locker room and bumping heads and going crazy. <laughs> My dad would always say, hey, you ain't playing football. You're a baseball player. Dad, please, like, I just, just one time. No, man, you're a baseball player. And I look back now and I go, dang, I guess he's right because <laughs> I could hardly stay healthy on a baseball field. On a football field, <laughs> my career might have been done, like, back in, like, peewee. So I guess my dad's right. <laughs> Speaking speaking of Pee Wee, we were doing some research on our end, and we, and we found a clip of you in the Little League World Series raking. Ooh, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's bad highlights. Do 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 you, do you remember that? I mean, like, can you talk us through that process? What was going through your head if you do remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I I've and and I going into you know to today, I was kind of thinking like about things that you know we could talk about, and you know, Little League World Series is always a, is a really cool topic, and it's. I guess I I now know that little the Little League World Series was probably the only baseball moment and really cool achievement um, and process that I really took for granted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was 12 years old and I was playing the game of baseball that I loved and you know, I was having fun and, and and playing well and our team was good and and 
I had no idea really that we were representing the entire Southeast part of the United States in the Little League World Series. And I had no idea that you know, we were the US champions. We were the best 12 year old Little League team in America. Um, I was just out there playing the game that I loved and 30,000 people watching at the game and first Japan and, and millions of people watching all over the country and the world that that final game I I had no care in the world about any of that I just was a 12 year old kid that was in between the lines that where I always wanted to be and and looking back at it I I wish I could have maybe gripped on to that a little bit harder but I I think that I was always looking for like I said what was next that I never there were times where I never really was able to fully appreciate the moment um and I think that's that's one of the times that I look back on and I go, man, I wish I would have, I wish I would have went to the pool. Like <laughs> the pool at the Little League World Series, the cool thing, you know, like the, yeah. the diving board and, and all this <laughs> and, and horror stories, right? You get there, oh, the, our coaches are, oh man, you know, stay away from the diving board. You know, last year a player got hurt and didn't play. And I look back and I'm like, man, forget that. Like I, I want to go back and jump on that diving board at 29 <laughs> years old. And I still think to this day, like, I'd love to go jump off that diving board and say like, you know, I did it. So um, that was that was a moment, though. And, and those were moments that I kind of kind of slipped by me so fast that I really was never able to you know, really enjoy that moment. But looking back, it was definitely special. It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of pressure for a 10, 11, 12 year olds at that age, especially with so many people watching. And then, like you said, you're re- at that uh, final point, you're representing the entire U.S. as a not even a teenager. Um, but yeah, like there's little things where, you know, you, like you said, you could have jumped in the pool. There's <laughs> funny you say that. Cause I wanted to talk about these little nuances about sports that people tell you to like, stay away from the pool because it like messes up your muscles and you get tired and stuff like that. I know you said that your dad was like a strong influence and the kind of your, your coach growing up, he actually coached, he was helping coach the world series, right? The little league world series. Yeah. Yeah. Did he keep you away from like little things that would mess up your swing and, and those kind of nuances? Oh man, I'm telling you, he was tough. My dad was <laughs> tough, man. I, I, yeah, he did. He did yeah. for sure. I mean, my dad was probably the, the coach that said kids aren't going to the pool. Kids aren't going <laughs> around, running around playing with other teams. You know, we're going to do everything as a team that in, inside of the little barracks where we stay. All the other teams are not our friends. We want to beat them. Uh, my dad was was that little league coach. He wasn't the oh, this is a cool experience. You know, enjoy your time. It was it was business, and and that's how my dad has has always been. That's how my dad's grown up. And mm-hmm. I uh, I guess with my dad being the coach, uh, I always had to walk very strict lines. So um, end of the um, day, though, I mean. You guys did make it to the championship, right? It does pay its dividends, yeah when, yeah, when it works like that. And I love that my I love that old school mindset too, where it's like I feel like nowadays in, in all sports it's like everyone's buddy buddy. There's not really like that that like rivalry. Rivalry like it was back in the day. People just like hated each other on the field. Um so like that kind of mentality I think is awesome. And especially like at like 10, 11 year old, I think that's like that's amazing. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, and I, I just watched that Michael Jordan documentary. I'm sure. You yeah, us too. It yeah. And, uh, and I, growing up, I was very much so a big competitor, and I'm still competitive, but I, I probably fall a little bit more so like in the, in the nice guy category. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look back at, especially my professional career, where I was definitely in the nice guy category. I was. I wanted to be friends with everybody. Like I, I wanted to take your lunch money, but I also wanted to take your lunch money and you not hate me after. And I looking at Michael Jordan, I, I look back and I'm like, man, I, I can't wait till you know, I can get healthy and get back out on the field and have a little bit of that mentality where it's like, you know what? Like off the court, off the field, it's, we can be cool. But yeah. in between these lines, there's no like of each other. It's, it's straight killer. And, and well, Lita, I agree with you. It's, the games have become nicer tweeting at other athletes and, and all that stuff. And don't get me wrong. I I partake in that, but after watching that, just one documentary (laughs) and, and rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. And Mm -hmm. you you hear those stories of like how competitive he was and, and, and 
how competitive Mike was and, and what they really put into it to become the best they could. And you know, I, I miss a little bit of those days too, where, where, you know, guys were, it was, there was hate. It, it, there was no love lost between teams. It was, I'm going to whoop your behind on the field, on the court. And when I walk out of this locker room, if I walk past you, I might whoop your behind there too. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had a little bit more of that in me because I'm not that guy. And I, and I want, and I look at Michael and, and like I said, Kobe and how they were. And I'm like, man, I, I wish I had a little bit of that in me because that makes, that makes sports and competitions really what it is. I'm sure you're going to have, uh, you know, a big chip on your shoulder when you come back because, you know, I'm sure it was a lot of work to come back once you reach that point. So that's good to have that uh, MJ mentality. He's all, he sparked a lot of uh, passion and motivation in us while we're sitting here. We're just like on deck, ready to go. But definitely, that's awesome. Thanks, D. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think, and I'm, do you think social media has a lot to play with that part? Like how the games, be, how like all these, uh, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, how the games become like nicer, per se? How people are like, they're like, you know, before the game, you, you see like on TV, they're like dapping up each other. How's your family? Um, you think social media has a lot to play with that, like changing of the game? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, social media has, has brought so much beauty to, to sports because the simple interaction with fans. I mean, that's what it's about. That's why we athletes are able to live in the lights that we live in are because of the fans. And, and I think it's amazing that we're able to interact with the fans in that way. But like you said, the, how easy it is to be friends with – we play in Toronto. It's hard to know somebody who plays in L.A. like Dodgers players. We – we don't we don't cross paths much. So, how, how do I know? Could I know Cody Bellinger? Like I know his name. I know he's sick. I know he's a baller. But the only way that we really get to know each other and, and how we know each other, in the sense of how we play on the field well, is really because of social media. Because I don't turn on Sports Center and watch highlights. I turn on Instagram and I watch him hit his forty five homers, fifty homers a year. So, yeah. um, it's definitely making has made players nicer no doubt about it between each other i bet you mj would have told you i either wouldn't have had instagram or <laughs> wouldn't have social media and if i did i was following my teammates and once you were off my team i ain't following you anymore so um i think definitely the times have changed and social media is for sure to blame a little bit and i agree with you but i think in the same tune like with social media if you're like kind of like that dickhead on social media <laughs> you look like the bad guy to all the fans and then you're like, you know, your 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 likeliness, I guess, of people aren't gonna like you anymore. They think you're a dickhead because you're being a dick on social media. Um, so, so I think it plays. I think it plays both parts. Um, you yeah, know, there's, if you're, like if a, kinda... there's like a marketing part of it, and you yeah. Know, so if you're kind of interacting with, because interacting with social media brands, everyone's a brand now. You're Devin, yeah. you're your own brand. So it's like now you're affecting your own brand with, you know whatever you know practice you have going on but it does put a different spin to the game for sure no doubt no yeah. doubt so you talked about like um i know you said like you don't know somebody in la but you've you have been around so you're from florida you played in toronto did you, did you play in detroit at all or no never all right so you played in toronto so how's that transition because I, mean, I mean at least luckily for you it's in the summer but even going from florida to toronto two very different places just as far as the atmosphere so how is that transition moving and living in Toronto and what's your takeaway from the city of Toronto yeah I, I got drafted by Detroit in, in 12 um, after my junior year of college um, played 12 13 14 traded to Toronto November 2014 and I'll never forget the day I just got home from dinner with my family it was a perfectly normal night uh, it's about 10 15 10 30 don't expect any calls from anyone in an organization at 10, 15, 10, 30 in the offseason. So I walk in the door and my phone starts ringing and Dave Owen, our farm director, is calling. And I'm like, this is Detroit's farm director. And I'm yeah. like, dude, this can't be good. Like, hope I didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> so I sprint outside. My parents are in the background. Devin, where are you going? I'm like, I got to take this phone call. I'll be right back. So I'm, my heart's beating through my chest. I'm like, man. Hopefully I didn't do that. Hopefully I didn't do much wrong and pick up the phone and 
Dave Owens talking to me for about a minute long. Oh, just yeah. how you doing? How's your family? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, there's no way you're calling at me at 1030 at night to ask Sad. about my family. Like, <laughs> get to the point. What, what is it? Obviously, I didn't say this, but I couldn't wait because my dang heart was beating through my chest. And uh, he dropped the bomb on me. Hey, Dev, you've, you've been traded to the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, you know, we thank you for everything. And, you know, good luck in your career. And I'm like, damn, like, that's the business. Like, the business. They might love you, but they're one phone call away from saying goodbye. And it's probably for the last time. And, uh, you know, that was a big eye-opener for me because I thought, I was going to play 15 years in the big leagues and never get traded from Detroit. And, and just like every other kid who gets drafted thinks, and, and that was my first eye opener of, Hey man, this is, this is my dream. And this is what I love to do. And this is the best job in the world, but it's business. And uh, so here I am and, and I get traded to Toronto and GM calls me. I'll never forget this phone call. Alex and Thomas. Hey Deb, how are you, man? You know, so happy to have you, blah, blah. Hey, man, thank you. Like, so happy to be traded. And mind you, I basically crying to my parents saying, how can they do that to me? Like, and then they ship me off to Toronto. Like, who the hell wants to play baseball in Toronto? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you know, so happy to be here, man. Like, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm like, I got a question. Do I need a passport? Because I've never been out of the country in my life. And uh, he's like, hey, yeah, man, you, you, better, get, you better get a passport expedited because you know, spring training's in you know, two months or so. So anyway, um, I was pissed when I got traded to Toronto. I was pissed. I was like, this is brutal. I don't want to go to another country. It's too damn cold up there. I want to I I stay in the United States of America. I don't want to go to Canada. And let me tell you something. I have never been more incorrect in my life. Um, <laughs> Toronto uh, is the coolest city I've ever been to. I tell everybody that I interact with and that asks me about the city of Toronto. I tell everybody if Toronto was in the United States of America, I would live there, no doubt about it. Now you might need to add like 30 degrees to like the average temperature in the winter, but I would live in Toronto. It was the best experience of my life. The people were amazing. The way that the fans grip onto you and the way that they love you. and and I've never done anything amazing in my career to, you know, to really be appreciated in the sense of, of what I've done on the field. But the way that they grip onto you makes you feel like, I mean, I played five years in Toronto and I was hurt for damn near half of them. And they made me feel like I was Mike Trout at times. And yeah. uh, it's special, man. It's, it's a great city. It's a, it's a great place to play. I wish I could have played there another 10 years. Um, I hold on to those memories all the rest of my life. It was amazing. Just all the Toronto sports. It's it's a big city, but they kind of have that like small city vibe because I, I feel like maybe being one of the only teams that's always from Canada or um, I, I don't know. There's something about like there's like a charm. Like when the when the Raptors been on those runs, like when you watch them playing it, like uh, cheering in Jurassic Park, like things like that. Like I don't know. Toronto just had this it, with baseball with with basketball. Like they they cherish every little good moment and it's, it's cool that um, yeah. a big city like that has that kind of small, small city vibe. Like you said, Devin, man, that, that city is amazing. Mm -hmm. We love that city, man. I'll leave it at, <laughs> we'll leave it at that, but the city is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about Florida state a little bit. I know we're jumping all over the place. We're excited <laughs> to talk to you, but Florida state, I went to Maryland. So I was in the ACC when, when Maryland was in the ACC, Florida State is like when, uh, you know, Maryland was never really good at football, and Florida State was good when I was in uh, college. I graduated in 2013. Nice. And just watching those games, what it, like the sports, and Mar Maryland's like this, I have to say, for a lot of our sports are good, but Florida State, it seems like every sport is good. Talk about being like playing D1 sports for, for Florida State because we talk about Toronto being like that camaraderie and that just that energy. I, Florida State sports program, the, the town just comes around uh, college sports. Do they do the chant at baseball games? Yeah, very little. <laughs> very little, though. Very little, man. I hate that, – that's, that's the only thing that I wish they did more of, and I think they do now. I, I haven't been, actually been back to a game since I left there because our, you know, our seasons always clash pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, but they don't do the top, man. I want it so bad. <laughs> man, that's only for football players, ever. right? Yeah, man. I grew up a Braves fan too. <laughs> so I'm saying I go to the Braves. Yeah. I've been, I've been tomahawk chopping since I was just a puppy, man. So that was special, man. That was it was it was the it was the best. You know, and I this is t- tough to say because you know my dream has always been to be a professional baseball player, right? But I've had a little bit of time to look back at my career and, and my life a little bit and the playing career part and say like, you know, like, what was like the most special thing to me? And um, being a major league baseball player, it will forever be the thing that I am most thankful and I will always look to and say, even if it's one day in the big leagues, even if it's getting drafted, when you work your whole life for that, it's, it's something that is special and it will always be special. Now, with that being said, moving that aside, if you could have asked me when I was 21 years old and making the decision to either come back from my senior year or going back to school, I was going back to school 100%. Um, I was a little bit pissed off where I got drafted, which is cry about it, Devin. Right, I agree, shut up. I 100% agree. Um, so I was going back to school. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna go back for my senior year. I don't ever wanna leave this place anyway. And I came to, to the truth of the matter is, if I could have been a career college athlete, <laughs> I would have been. And I mean it, I'm telling you. No, you I just, just feed me, feed me, school part, whatever. I, I like school, I'm a little bit of a nerd, but that part can slide away. But the fall football games mixed mm-hmm. in with spring baseball, sign me up. Give me three months vacation in the middle of the year. I'm a career student athlete. You don't have to take me nowhere else. It was the best three years of my life. Hands Blue Mountain down. State vibes? Huh? <laughs> Blue Mountain State vibes? Have oh, you- my God. The best. The best. Yes. You, yeah. 100%. <laughs> the best three years of my life. Being able to play for Mike Martin. Uh, the, the legend Mike Martin. The, all the cool stories and, and lessons. And, you know, those three years of college, for me, that's where I – was really the beginning you know when you turn 18 years old I'm a man I'm a man dad don't mess with me man I'm grown now I'm 18 years old and my dad used to say like are oh, you 18 years old when you finish college make sure you go live in your house because because since you're grown don't come back to my house <laughs> from 18 to 21 I feel like was the beginning of the process of of and it's probably for most of us where it's the first time we're ever alone it's where you start to become a man mm-hmm. and being able to to be groomed by and, and run through that baseball program where they instill in you not just the importance of being a good baseball player, but the importance of being a good student and the importance of being a good person off the field, the importance of going to, you know, the hospitals and, and giving back to the kids that are less fortunate. Um, the importance of going to the local schools in Tallahassee and, and, and letting them just say hello to you and seeing the smiles on their face. And that was the part where I started to realize like, you know, this baseball thing is really cool, but, but what it brings, other people is the best part about it. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's where I learned. That's, that's where I learned what not just being a good baseball player is about, but what it means to, to be a good baseball player and how to transfer that into being a better person off the field. I think at Florida State, that's, that's the coolest lessons they taught me. The College World Series, sure, that was great, man. It was awesome. Two out of three years playing the College World Series, amazing. But let me tell you. It has nothing on being able to put on that uniform and walk into a hospital or a classroom and to see these young kids think that we are the coolest things ever. Um, for me, those moments really um, have really stuck with me to this day. Yeah. Florida State, like I was saying, and like you were saying, it is, it's a massive program. And the cool thing about going to a big school like that is, and especially, I probably maybe Texas and Florida embrace are like the two states I think of when they embrace almost and this is no like diss to the pro sports in that area they almost embrace and Alabama and some of the southern states too they embrace their college sports more than the pro sports or just as much as it should say but it's like you're you're living amongst a community of people who love and support you and you have that unique opportunity to represent what they love and then give back and go to these hospitals and kind of be a, a role model for the younger kids in the community. So, and coming from Florida, that just had to have been a double win too for you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, you said it perfect, man. That's, 
that's everything summed up is is you're right it's the way that the fans grip onto you and damn that experience man is just something that that let me tell you when you go from Florida State and you get drafted yeah you just stepped up in life and, and it's you're moving closer to the ultimate dream but the feeling you get when I showed up to that damn field in Batavia New York for the first time and there was 60 people in the stands and they were yelling taco k-man because if I struck out the whole damn crowd got tacos <laughs> that experience can't touch putting on that Florida State uniform in front of 6,000 fans yelling and screaming at the other team and pumping you up every single pitch for the entire game. You said it perfect, the way that they grip onto college sports in the state of Florida. You go to a Florida State baseball game, you go to a Tampa Bay game, Tampa Bay's got a really dang good team, really good. And that, that atmosphere can't touch that atmosphere up in Tallahassee, Florida. So, um, yeah, so thankful for those that opportunity to, to put on that uniform. And if I could do it again right now, I think I'd sign a national letter of intent before I sign. <laughs> I think we've got a year left. Maybe we can try to get Damn you right. back. I <laughs> go back and play football with my brother, man. That'd be sick. That'd be sick. I just put on the uniform. I don't want to get hit, though. I'm good. <laughs> be the holder. Um, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, now, and just to kind of, since we're on Florida State and now your brother is playing for Florida State, man, he's a, he's a highlight reel. Already, just in a few plays he's already had, he's um, a couple of games. Yeah, yeah, just a couple of games, and he's 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 a playmaker like you, man. It's runs in the family for sure. Such a fun, no, must be such cool. a fun thing to watch. Thank you. He he's 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 special, man, and and he doesn't even know like how good he is. Like he, I love my brother to to death. Like I I love him. Yeah. But if there's one thing that I want to keep pushing him, it's to continue to put in the work when the lights are off uh he's got the ability and his whole life he's had the ability to really just never even go watch him practice at this field back here and he'd be like ah, i mean yeah he's like fast and he's talented and like he's got a pretty good arm but i mean whatever and then the lights turn on right and it's like what the hell just happened and we've all played with those guys that like when they practice they like suck like like you're like i beat, I beat his tail in practice but for some reason when the damn lights turn on, it's game time. Here he goes, and and, and that's been him his whole life. Like he's just always been so naturally gifted that the work never really had to be put in. I mean, don't get me wrong; he had to put in some work to get to where he is. But but there's so much left to tank for him that, and I hope he listens to this because because I love him. But if he starts tapping into, and I, and I try to give him like a little bit of perspective, like, hey man, like, look, like you played very little, you're only 19 years old, like you only have like 25 snaps under your belt and you got fans excited for you. I think it's great, congratulations. Pat yourself on the back if you want to, but I won't pat you on the back. I'm gonna tell you that your gas tank is on E from your worth ethic standpoint. And if you can just get that little thing up to the F part or just closer, you have no idea what you're about to tap into. and and. And that's what I want him to do is sit down and watch Michael Jordan on Sunday. And I tell you, even if you get halfway to the F, that kid's got an A just because it's my brother. I don't give a damn. I call it spade a spade in the sense of sports. Mm -hmm. He just has something about him that, like, I can't even explain because if you go watch him practice, you, you won't say nothing crazy. Yeah, he's pretty good, whatever. But he ain't nothing to brag about. And then the lights come on and he's – does cool things. I don't know how he does it. Some people just got that video game type of switch. I don't have it. I got to work my ass off. I'm five foot nine. I, I, I'm scratching claw for every little drop I get. That mother sucker, we got the same mom and dad. He's six foot three, 210 pounds. I'm like, <laughs> damn, what happened? What happened? So anyway, yeah, I love the brother. He's pretty good. He's, and he's talented and, and he's done a couple cool things, but, but I need him to dig a little bit deeper because I don't want to see him. Uh, there's nothing worse than wasted talent. Wasted talent. And that's, that's, that's the message that I want him to know. And he'll get it. You know, these, these young kids, you know, we could say young kids because we kind of like – We're old now. We're old. Yeah, we're old we've, been, now. Yeah, we've been through it a little bit. I'm uh, just kidding. But, but he, he needs to tap into that a little bit. Is, um, well, like you said, too, with that, with that MJ mentality, too, like that documentary, something stuck out to me. They were saying, like, we would practice for, like, three, four hours – dripping sweat, fatigued, walking out of the locker room, walking out of the court, like, dude, I'm so fucking tired. And then Jordan would be like, yo, 
play me one on one right now. And he's like, and he's like, dude, how how are we playing one on one? We just did three four hours of practice. It's like, nah, play me one on one. And and like you said, that's that mentality you need to have to to get to the next level. You want to be the best. There ain't no doubt. Yep. As an older brother, you know, you kind of like adopt a little bit of like a dad feeling to your, your, when you have a younger brother, because you just want so much for them. Like you can see that oozing out of you when you're talking about your brother. Do you get worried because you were saying like, he has so much just star power, just like this. Uh, like he, he can turn it on so much in a game. Cause you know, when you go to a big school like Florida state, they're always talking about the quarterback position. And, you know, during those practices, you said, you know, he's good in practice, but he's so amazing in games. You're, are you worried a little bit in terms of like the starting role, if that's going to translate over, or do you think that, you know, just from what your conversations with him, he, he uh, has a good chance of, of getting to that top spot. No, he's getting it. He, he's, he's getting a little bit of, of, of edge to him. And I, and I think that, you know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's so hard when you're, when you're young to really see it through. Um, he's getting it. And, and, you know, this downtime for him being home with me, this is a chance for, for us together to, to really push it into him. Um, he's got a great shot to win this job. I mean, the yeah. job is completely wide open. And, and, you know, for me, I feel like I'm inside of him. And I'm like, my, my mouth is like just dripping. Like, man, being the starting quarterback at Florida State University, <laughs> there's a lot of cool things you can do in life. But like, damn, like, it don't get much better than that, man. Like, uh, and, and I, and I, I know that he knows being a the quarterback at Florida State is is cool, but I don't think he really knows if that. Yeah. I know it's confusing, you mean. but but he he he's so damn talented and and he's getting it and he's gonna get it. There ain't no doubt about it because if I got to yank it out of him, I will. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's better when they when they get it on their own. Um, when you get you know, punch in the, in the mouth a couple of times in life, right? Eventually you get punched, you get punched, you get punched, and you go like, all right, I'm sick of getting punched. It's time to, to stick him back. I think that, that he's getting a little bit of that and he's getting tired of sitting on the sideline and he's starting to learn a little bit like, hey, if I don't put this in, then, you know, it might be another long gear and six and seven sucks sitting on the sideline. So um, you better grab the reins and, and, and run with it. Yeah. Um, go ahead, Tony. You were about to say something? No, no. Oh, um, that's the thing with Skype. Everything's like a half second delayed. So I'm like making sure I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, your, your dad is a strong figure. It seems like in a lot of like almost like 80% of cases for people who've been successful, they've had some kind of figure in their life where it's like, you know, they push, you know, their son or daughter into sports and not into sports. I know you wanted to be in baseball and you wanted to be into sports in sports, but there is like that relationship where it's like, at times you feel like, man, why is that doing this to me? Or it seems unfair. Why can't I go to the pool? Or, you know, you know, it, now you had a chance to look back and see that he's, you know, had the best interest in mind and you have, you know, a uh, you know, good relationship with your mom from interviews I've saw. That dynamic, are you grateful for the moments where even though that, you know, you were pissed off at your dad and even maybe right now you, you have those moments too, but do you feel like that's a good balance in your life to have that push factor? Oh yeah. There's, there's, you know, these are, it's a cliche, cliche statements, but there's no love like a mom's love because no one loves you in this damn world more than your mom. And that <laughs> is going to be true forever. Yeah. Um, and, and there's nobody who wants a boy to be better in life than their father like a fu I feel like as a man when I have my first kid like and and when I have a boy especially my goal is going to be to I want him to be you don't have to play in the big leagues or you don't have to do whatever it is but whatever it is that you do you do need to do it and and in turn be a better father be a better man be a better worker be a better brother friend no matter what it is you want your kid to be better and uh, that's all my dad wanted out of me was I pissed hell yeah I'd, I'd go three for four maybe not three for four, two for four with the strikeout and I'm not kidding you I would have my mom purposely say like oh I can't drive with you guys I gotta come later because I was afraid of my dad of when I would not have a good game the car ride home was awful. Like we weren't stopping at McDonald's and I wasn't getting that number two with, with only ketchup and a Coke if, if I didn't get four hits. It wasn't happening. So 
my mom might stop by McDonald's and let me eat it in the parking lot at McDonald's and then say, oh, I had to fill up my gas tank. Like, hell yeah, I hated it. Yeah. Damn it, I, I you got to embrace that. You got to embrace it. And and I had no choice but to. I mean, I, if I would have, if I said no, the the alternate route was not going to be better. So um, without my father, I would have never in my life accomplished near of anything of what I did. Um, he pushed me to be the man I am today, and he still pushes me to be the best I can be. I look at my dad, he's, you know, almost 60 years old and, and he's retired and he's, you know, gets to sit back and chill and enjoy life and, and watch his kids. And, and, um, that's how I want to be. Yeah. I want to, I want to be like my dad and we all do, right. We all want to be like our our dad. We all got the coolest dads in the world. And, And really our dads all are so damn cool in their own ways that we can all tell stories and, and, and get chills about it. And my father, for me, my, my mother, don't get me wrong. I only ever talk about my dad when it comes to sports, but that's who scared me that that either you're going to be successful in your sport or you're going to die doing it. And, and you're, gonna, you're only going to get out what you put in. So if I say, hey, you ain't playing hide and seek today, you're, you're, you're staying in this garage and hitting for an hour, it's because I love you. And, and he would tell me that, not in a nice way, but looking back at it now, I'm like, Man, I'm so thankful that that he was tough on me, and I'm so thankful that he always did want to pull the best out of me, and I'm so thankful that he did say no to those sleepovers and those those hide and seek nights and and those tag days and getting grounded from having a you know a bad attitude just because I didn't have the success I wanted. Um, he instilled that in me, so um, I get chills thinking about it. And yeah, and, uh, yeah that's all I got on my dad. Man, is he's a uh, he, he's everything to me. I no doubt about that. Yeah. We joke around cause I always bring this up, but I, I wrestled in college at Maryland. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, my, I have an interesting thing. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> I love it. I had to bring it up. That's my thing too. I'm like, I, every, right. every, every episode, Dad, every time, every episode, he brings it up at least, <laughs> at least he once. Always, he's got the plug. Yeah. The wrestling. It's plug. my quarter life crisis. I got to hang on that. I love that. I don't know. Hey, you got it, man. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want you, you. You would bust my ass because I can't. I, I don't oh, know how to. Nah, he's washed now. You're good. Oh, so washed. If I were to do anything wrestling related for five seconds, I'd be coughing up Oreos or something like that. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'd run. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but that I I always find that interesting because what with the dynamic. My mom was actually like one of those types of people where she would play those like. She she was the tough cookie in, in my family where she would be like, oh, you know, we talk about like something like you say, like sleepovers and things like that, things that weren't going to make you better. I like, for example, I remember that, uh, you know, there was like a time where one of my like rival wrestling partners or something like that was like, she, you know, he, oh, I was always wrestling him in tournaments and she would be like, you know, if I was doing something stupid, she would be like, oh, do you think Stephen Keith, that was his name. Do you think Stephen Keith's doing that right now? So it's like those kind of mental games yeah. where it's like, no. <laughs> It's real, and you feel like you feel like shit in in those moments, but it's true because then it, it kind of changes your perspective to kind of turn it up in life. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, we're running out of time a little bit, but and I know we're all over the place, but a couple of things, a couple of little sentimental things I wanted to talk about. We have this segment called "While We're Still Here," and it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's kind of like a thing where you know we you talk about those Kobe situations, and you, you know you wish you had those moments to tell them like how much that you've kind of appreciated them. Can you think, I'm sure there's so many different people and it's kind of hard to think of maybe one, but if there was a person where you're like, hey, while I'm still here, I wanted to let you know you were like a, a good uh, you know, role model or leader, whether it was your parents or like a teammate. Can you think of someone that you, can, you would want to do that for? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I mean, I always go back to the same people. You know, I, looking back at life and, and, you know, we're all grown now, you know, we have our, we have our own bills and, and, you know, we realized that our parents gave up a hell of a lot for us to be able to do the things we do and, and live the life that we lived. And, you know, as, as parents, you know, my mom would always say like, I grew up, I grew up poor, Deb, like I, you know, I had six brothers and sisters, um, you know, we were eating bread and soup and, and, and we didn't get seconds. And so I want to be able to, to give you everything um, that I never was able to have. And, and I look back at it and um, 
No, I, I would definitely just want to say thank you to my, my parents um, on that note, because I never went on a vacation growing up in the sense of I never, we, didn't, we never traveled anywhere and, and, and had fun. It was only ever baseball related. And now I would, when I was a little bit younger, I'd say like, you know, like, yeah, my, I wish that like my family and I went on like vacations more. And I look back and I'm like, how the hell were we going to go on any more vacations than we went on every other weekend we were in Orlando and you stay in Orlando, you got to get a hotel. Well, yeah. I now have found out that hotels ain't cheap. No, and Even the damn 79.99 a night, that ain't cheap for two nights. Cause now we're up to one fifty. Yep. And And these are things that I never really have ever took the time to process because when you're a kid, you just expect it. You know, I, yeah. I expect to be able to go to Orlando and play in a baseball tournament and Baseball ain't a cheap sport. Playing in a baseball tournament, it ain't free. Like, they don't just say, hey, you sign your team up and come play. It costs money. Um, my little brother and sister, their vacations all growing up were all my baseball tournaments. They sit out at the field for triple headers from damn 9 o'clock to 5 o'clock at night. Yeah, I might love my kid one day, but I don't want to sit at the baseball field from 9 to 5 o'clock at night. Will I do it? Sure, because I love my kid. Yeah. But – that is a lot of sacrifice. And as a, as a 29 year old man who has been able to live through some cool experiences and has been able to achieve my, you know, my lifelong dream. I think the biggest thing I like to do is just say thank you to my, to my parents for, for all their sacrifice. And, and, you know, I know that the years of baseball were not cheap. Um, and I know that you guys sacrificed your own, um, time and your guys own money that maybe you guys were going to go somewhere cool and and you never could because everything was about putting your kids in the best situation possible to make them successful so um, I'd like to say thank you to them and uh, you know I live every single day of my life and, and every single day I go on a baseball field um, I want to have success and, and I want to be the best I can um, but I always wanted to be the best I could for them because I always felt like there's a never ending give back that I could give them. Um, but to be able to get a text message after the game from my family of, Hey, great job today. It was so awesome. Like watching you play, like, you know, you bring so much excitement to our lives. For me, there's, there's no dollar amount. There's, there's, there's no, there's nothing tangible that I could give back to them to, to really show how thankful I am. But um, my parents saying they're proud of me for, for me is, is, is everything and then some. So every single day I wake up, I, you know, I have a lot of pride with my last name and I have a lot of pride for my family and my friends and everybody that's in my circle. And, and uh, I just want to be the best I can every day for, for my family and I want to make them proud. And I'm just so thankful for everything that they've given me in my life. So that's what I'd like to say. That's, that's awesome, man. Uh, when, you're, when you look back, what would you want to be remembered for in, in terms of the game of baseball and what you brought to it? Because I know from our perspective, we see a person who we don't know you directly. I know we know you indirectly through our, our mutual friend who's part of the podcast here. Um, he said you're, he, he loves you, man. He's like, this is the nicest guy. So when you see a guy who's the nicest guy and then also kicking ass on the field, it's just like, this is the type of athlete you want to root for. But uh, what, type of, what type of legacy do you want to leave in the game of baseball? I mean, that's, a great, that's a great question. Um, now I, had a, I had a teammate, and I would always ask questions to the older guys um, once I got to the big leagues especially. And, and everybody from – and I've, if you've played in the big leagues for a bit of time, I wanted to know, like, what was it that got you there? Or, hey, like, I'd always would say, like, hey, what's the one thing that, like, you learned from this game that you'll never, you'll never, like, forget? And uh, one of my teammates told me, his, uh, Chris Coughlin, you guys probably heard the name. He was yeah. rookie of the year with the Marlins back in, like, 2010, 11. Had a pretty good baseball career. Um, he said to me, baseball is – is what I do and it's not, it's not who I am. And it's simple and you know, we've heard it, but I feel like I've always tried, <clears throat> tried to, to live that. Um, now I was the kid at four years old and three years old and two years old that was going to spring training games and 
you know, looking at these creatures on the baseball field, like Chipper Jones, that weren't real people. They yeah. were, it's like Space Jam. Like they were the, they were the freaking monsters. <laughs> they, they, were were they were to us Met fans. And those, that Brave scene is the worst. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel you. Maddox, Clavin, you know, they give it to us every year. So Damn right. They, they weren't real, right? Like it's, it's no, you know, no, we, no. we think True of monsters. We think of to this day, there's people still that like I, in the sense of like the acting world, like if I saw Denzel Washington right now, I don't know what I do. Cause like <laughs> I, I've seen him be like so many different people acting that, that I don't know who Denzel Washington is. Like, like which, which person is he? And, and I think that there's, there's a little bit of similarity. That's my little sister. Sorry. Um, there's a little bit of similarity in the sense of, of athletes of, you know, we can lose ourselves so easily in this game. And, you know, that's the one thing that I've always really tried to do was, was continue to pinch myself throughout. Like, you know, yeah, you know what? I'll be honest with you guys, 162 games, not that I ever played 162, but that everyday grind, I wake up sometimes and I'm like, I'm pissed because my buddy's posting a picture on a boat with a cocktail in his hand. And I'm like, I'd rather be there. Yeah. And I, you got to pinch yourself sometimes or slap yourself in the face or do something to say, hey, man, you better, you better you know, snap out of it because you're missing the point here. You got a job to do, and this is what you signed up for, and, and, and here it is. And I've always tried to, to remind myself of that. So to answer your question, I, I would say that I want to be known as somebody who – who emptied the tank? Keep grinding, bro. No, I appreciate it. We'll be Thanks. in touch. That sounds good, man. I appreciate y'all. Thanks, man. It's the warm-up podcast. Peace, man. Oh, peace, man. Oh.